Welcome to the Quality Improvement Box Set by RCVS Knowledge, a series of webinars, podcasts and video interviews for practices and practitioners. Hi everyone, I'm talking today to Helen Ballantyne. Helen started as an RVN and then moved into human nursing. She's kept up her RVN registration though and she is a real advocate of One Health. Great to speak to you, Helen, and all your experience of both human nursing and veterinary nursing. Thank you. Um, I'd like to talk to you, if that's OK, about care bundles. I must admit that um, I really didn't know what care bundles were at all until I saw a talk that you actually did. Um, before that, I had no idea what care bundles were, so I think it'd be really interesting if you can explain to us what they are. <laughs> that's great. Um, so care bundles are something that um, I before I went into human nursing had no idea as well um, but but I realized that once I had kind of established had had seen them formally I realized that I'd been doing informal care bundles in my head for many many years and I think lots of veterinary nurses have so care bundles are a group of evidence-based practices that are related to a disease or a set of symptoms that basically when they are executed all together result in better outcomes than if they're implemented individually. And so put in a very basic level, the, the way that the sort of light bulb moment was I, like lots of veterinary nurses, would be the duty nurse in a practice and the vet would have gone home. So I'd be there overnight. And sometimes you would get to the stage where you had a patient, an inpatient who needed something and you could start providing care for that patient before the vet arrived. And I think that was the key thing that made me think these care bundles could be so important in, in veterinary medicine, because actually what it means is that this isn't just a strategy to improve patient outcomes, although that is how it started to make sure everybody was doing the best possible thing. It also means that you have got evidence based practice at your fingertips that you know that you can implement. So it brings that that gap between theory and practice much, much closer together and the other thing it does and actually where it all started in human medicine is that it prevents common complications associated with various diagnoses so historically this was about trying to combat ventilator required pneumonia so it was almost taken as given that if you had if you were put on a ventilator you'd probably get some pneumonia at some point also within the itu context if you were a central line was put in you'd probably get a, an infection in that central line at some point. So we're talking kind of, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago now. And so what, what happened was that a, a collection of interactions, a collection of interventions, sorry, were put in place that prevented the ventilator-acquired pneumonia and prevented infections in central lines. And the results were so phenomenal that these things are now considered unusual you know, they do happen. Of course, they can happen. But actually, there are so many robust care bundles in place to stop, to, to do things, to stop these, these things happening. I think, you know, probably, obviously, the primary advantage is that they improve patient outcomes. But what's very interesting is that there's some, the secondary sort of advantages are very, very related, I think, to nursing. Um, and that's why they, you know, rang a bell. So they, like I said, they closed this gap between theory and practice because what, when you use a care bundle, by default, you are 
performing evidence-based practice because you've checked that it's that's what's included but that i've seen it in practice that it has this fantastic ability to promote teamwork and also potentially promote job satisfaction because a classic example is um something that's used in the nhs which is called the sepsis six which is a care bundle that's put into place when patients exhibit certain signs and symptoms that indicate they may well be becoming septic and this is a multidisciplinary team care bundle so there's elements that the doctor has to do so there's some prescribing of antibiotics for example there's elements that the nurse has to do so urinary catheterization to monitor urine output for example and then because you've got a care bundle in place that people know what's going to happen you can have a nursing assistant i mean they can be they're just brilliant at this you mentioned the sepsis six bundle and suddenly you've got a nursing assistant who'd gone a healthcare assistant has come back with a trolley stacked full of all the stuff we need because you need to take blood cultures you need to put urinary catheter in we need to start oxygen we need to fluid resuscitate this person and you know the uniformity of that goal you know the fact that we all know what we're doing because of that care bundle means that things are done much quicker much more efficiently and there is certainly a much better cohesive team and you know it's not it's not rocket science we know that when a team have got a, a unified goal they work better um, and this care bundle can become you know that goal with with certain groups of patients that's really interesting about them having everything prepared. Yes. And these care bundles, are they um, drawn up sort of centrally somewhere in the NHS, a bit like NICE and the guidelines, or are they local team care bundles? Well, it's it's interesting. It varies because, of course, if you if you um, if you draw anything up in the NHS, it has to go centrally anyway if it's going to be used. Um, there's a very set pattern when you you write a care bundle, so. You know, the first thing to do is to identify the theme of whatever the bundle is. And and very often care bundles emerge when there has been um, something very good. That's a good outcome. Um, and, and it's acknowledged that perhaps the way things worked were very good. Um, or alternatively, sometimes it can be because there's a deficit. So so somebody's noticed I, you know, the classic thing in veterinary medicine, you know, is that you've got a, suddenly you have a run of, of lines that blow or lines that get infected. And so maybe it's worth sort of starting to think about what's our practice? Are we doing things the very best way we can? You know, or we've sent five dogs home with an IV still in the leg, you know, and it's an arm then, but in their leg, you know. So um, it's that sort of thing, you know, identifying the, the care theme and then thinking about all the evidence that's associated with that, sort of challenging that evidence, making sure it's very high quality, and then emerging with a list basically of, of interventions that are related to that theme. And it's an interesting point because what you do need to make sure is that this wouldn't work if it was done very remotely and very centrally and then just disseminated through. The people who are going to be doing the interventions need to be involved. Um, you know, it needs to be a real, multidisciplinary input because everybody needs to be on board with this even down to you know people who you might perceive to not be clinical because if you're putting a care bundle together for example for an emergency procedure so if you want to put a care bundle together for how you would you know assess something that comes through the door that's you know choking or that you think is a you know is a gdv or or you know something along those lines 
if you engage with your reception staff as well you know they're the ones if you're if you're going to have a, a vet or a nurse who's going to rush through take that dog and disappear off the back trying to save its life it's your receptionist that's going to be left with the hysterical owner and if they can say look these are the sorts of things they're going to do this is they, they have got a process you know that that's really helpful and it, it you know can calm the owner down and it can start a very kind of a, a good process to, so they can understand what's happening to their animal so you're right everything in the NHS has to go through you know the the official channels but these things must be done locally because otherwise people don't engage it's got to be useful for whoever's using them I think that's such an important point for so many things in, in quality improvement. Uh, you know, don't imagine how you, the work's done. You have to ask the people who do it. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and, and it leads to other things as well, because if you start, if you, you know, want to put a care bundle together and, and just like with the sepsis six, you know, just very subtle things like, you know, when you're stopping a ward or you're rearranging the cupboards, you make sure that the urinary catheters are next to the oxygen that's next to the blood culture bottles because somebody's going to need them all at the same time and and actually it's probably not going to be the managers or the vets necessarily that think about that because maybe they're not the ones that restock the shelves or you know go and get these things and so that's a very subtle thing but can make applying a care bundle very easy or much easier if everything's in the same place rather than having to go upstairs for something else downstairs for something else and across the courtyard for another thing yeah that that's that's really good idea and, and it makes me laugh because most vets don't know where anything is well, yeah. i mean I, you know <laughs> you know I, you can say that you're a vet but you know I <laughs> well we do vet looking when we're trying to find things but, <laughs> so yes it would be very good to have them all together but yeah no that's that's brilliant so so you think there's potential for a, for the to be veterinary care bundles drawn up i think so i mean i think I think the reason that I see them as 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 useful is because I remember as a student VN, you know, everyone's got something when they're a student that they really struggle with. And mine was always getting everything ready for an IV. And and I mean, you know, it obviously it got to the stage where I could have done I could have done it with one in each hand, you know, priming the line and, and getting everything ready. But for some reason, it was just my absolute thing. You know, when I was a student, I always forgot something. I, I brought the wrong stuff or I couldn't quite work out which is and, and actually what I'd done was what I'd, I'd written myself a checklist in my notebook and these are things I needed to get together and obviously this is a very different sort of thing preparing an IV but it was the same concept I suppose when I saw these care bundles because all of a sudden it was like because they are checklist format mm. I'm the sort of person who responds very well to a checklist I love a tick box and actually, as actually probably quite a lot of nurses do, um, all of a sudden it was in the ITU where I came across them because that's where I started my human, human practice. If my patient's central line needed replacing, having that list of things in front of me that I knew needed preparing right down to the position I needed to put the patient in to the, the drapes that were needed and the kit were needed, meant that I could, I was empowered to do that by myself before I'd got, you know, anaesthetist in the room. So my anaesthetist could walk in, my patient was ready, um, the, the kit was ready and I was good to go. And I think that again is relevant to, to veterinary nursing in many, many ways, because there's lots of things that, there's lots of preparation that goes on that veterinary nurses can do 
if they are empowered to, to do that. And by having a care bundle empower them to do it, you know that they're not just doing what they've always done. They're doing something that has been decided by the team that is appropriate and evidence based. So it's yes, I think there's a lot of potential. Um, and I think the key thing is it doesn't have to be anything huge either. You know, these there are care bundles out there that are kind of 15, 20 interventions long. And actually, there's a lot of conversation about those sorts of bundles being just too, they kind of dilute the importance. You know, a care bundle can simply be three elements that are critical. Um, and, and in fact, if you have a care bundle that the, the practice team has decided they're going to implement every time and it consists of three elements, then probably most nurses and staff members will remember that. And all of a sudden, you've got some really excellent practice that is just ingrained. Um, the critical thing, of course, is to make sure that the evidence stays current and that you're reviewing them and you're not just doing it because you've always done it that way. <laughs> but it sounds like it could be really um, useful and powerful for saving time, which at the moment, yeah. you know, one thing people haven't really got in practice is time. I think it could be really useful from, from mm -hmm. that point of view. Um, you know, Absolutely. People are doing things, you know, almost, as you say, automatically. It could save quite a lot of time. Um, I'm really keen on, on clinical audit and I presume um, that it should be a relatively um, simple procedure to audit uh, in a process audit the use of the, of the care bundles. Absolutely I mean they are an auditor's dream because you know if you do them online or you do them on, on paper um, you know there's a tick list so it records the care you've given and equally what you know what you can see is is the care that isn't given um, and again this is about looking at it from, you know, a broader, a broader kind of approach. And the, the example I've used in, in articles about this is a very, very basic, but, but very important um, care bundle. So a, a care bundle that can be put in place, for example, for the recovery of um, bitch phase post post anesthetic. And, you know, one of the things that, that um, we talk about is obviously feeding animals, you know, post operatively. And lots of practices for various, both from patient points of view, so patient well-being, um, and from evidence, and also from business models, will use a standard food as part of their recovery protocol. And the classic thing is to you you, you audit your care bundle, and you find out that actually um, the patients are all doing well; they're getting all the clinical outcomes, but they're just they're not getting they're being fed something else. And you know, veterinary practice is a business, so actually, if the practice is decided that this food they want to feed postoperatively a is is good quality there's evidence to say it's good for patients postoperatively but also it benefits the business in some way because obviously there's there's partnerships and that kind of thing then it's a win-win so if the practice is starting to lose money because actually the nurses are using something else suddenly you've got the evidence to, to start having a conversation and saying look these dogs are not being fed what we think they're being fed First of all, we've decided this is the food we want to feed them. So, and second of all, this is the agreement we've got. So what's happening? And it's something usually very, very basic, like the ward nurses are busy and the food they want to feed is on the top shelf and the food they just think is all right, so they'll just use that, is on the bottom shelf. You know, it's as basic and as simple as that. Or, oh, well, they're easier to open, so I just grab those. Or, you know, or what happens is, you have a robust, you know, you have these conversations and all the nurses say, do you know what? This food might be really good on the evidence, 
um, and, and we might get a good deal on it, but I'm throwing away more than the animals are eating. And, and so auditing that care bundle is critical because actually care bundles that are put in place that are not audited are a waste of time because you're just throwing food away for, for no good reason. Your animals are not getting, you know, post-operative nutrition before they go home and, and you're, you're wasting resources. And if you carried on thinking, oh, well, we've got this fabulous care bundle in place, but don't audit it. Actually, it's a, you know, it's a waste of time because you just don't know what's happening until you look at it in detail. Um, and, you know, I'm a big advocate for these things. You know, these things are important. You know, what animals eat in practice, how they're exercised, how they toilet. You know, that is nursing. Those details are absolutely critical. And the care bundle gives a voice for those things if they're not working, you know, because the nurses can say this bundle's all very well, but, you know, it's not quite right. Well, that's such a great example of clinical audit because it could be quite a nice short audit. It doesn't yeah. have to take very long. You can get some nice practical results. I mean, when I used to think oh, the important thing is collecting the data, but now I think the most important thing is discussing it with the team, finding out what the barriers are to what's happening, which you've just very eloquently described what the barriers might be in, in this particular case, getting the team to think about how to address those and, and then repeating it and seeing if, if that's made any difference. So I think it's... Nice. a a lovely simple little clinical audit which which you know at the end of the day will produce an improvement in your in your care and, and in your mm -hmm. care bundle. No, that's uh, that, that's really interesting well I do understand more now about about what care bundles are so that's absolutely great and thank you so much for talking to me you're very welcome thank you very much indeed for further courses examples and templates for quality improvement please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcvsknowledge.org.